Lord, whatever you're doing in this season, don't do it without me. Don't do it without me. Lord, if you're healing, healing in this season, don't do it without me. Don't do it without me. Lord, if you're blessing, blessing in this season, don't do it without me. Don't do it without me. Y'all ought to help me say it. Lord, Lord, if you're healing, healing, don't do Lord, thank you. Oh, you've been too good to us, Father. Don't do it without me. Amen, amen, amen. I just had to bring it down a little bit. Y'all had me high. Look, I got to preach this morning. Glory. I think about how he constantly blesses us. And there are times he's blessing us that we may not even realize that he is blessing us. He woke you up this morning, right? He clothed you. He started you on your way. His goodness and his mercy, his loving kindness, everything is everlasting when we deal with the Lord. Amen, amen. I'm not going to be before you long, but I do have a word long enough. <laughs> We're going to be coming from the book of Luke, chapter 15, verses 20 through 22. And before I read this, I'm going to give you the title that God gave me. It's titled, the day God ran. So when we read this, I want you to look at it as God running. In the word of God, we, we've never seen God portrayed as running. But today I come to show you that God will run. And it reads, And he arose and came to his father, but when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in thy sight 
and am no more worthy to be called thy son. But the father said to his servants, bring forth the best robe and put it on him and put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet. Let us pray. Oh, gracious God, we thank you right now for being a God who sits high and looks low, but's not afraid to get up and move to save your people, to embrace your child. We are grateful for today, Father, for this message, Father, for what you have shown us in your word, what you are willing to do, and what you have done and is still doing. It's all in the mighty name of Jesus we pray and give thanks. And the people of God said, Amen. The day God ran. The story of the prodigal son is a touching story that Jesus tells. The question is, who do you think the father in the story represents? That's why I wanted you to look at it. Who does the father represent? Yes, Jesus, Father in heaven. But what Jesus was doing was giving us a picture of who our heavenly father truly is. Who he really is. Yes, we know he sits high and looks low. We know he rules everything. But he's more than that. In this story, the father is seen running toward his son. And so, don't want to leave out the women. I want to say his daughter or we're going to say his child. Who was returning home. We all know the story of the prodigal son and, and how he acted and how he asked for his. But, but look what God does. Look how God sees us. It says the son did not see his father, but his father saw him. I want to let you know today that when you repent, turn from your ways and back to God, God has already taken out. In the moment of your turning, he's running to embrace you. The word tells us how angels rejoice, but I'm letting you know not only do angels rejoice, God rejoices. Before you've made one step, he's made two. And I want you to know that his step is bigger than ours. It, it can stretch farther than ours. Understand, our steps is as a baby step. And it's, if you're watching your child, when they first take their step, the mother the father is there. Before the child could even fall, you picked him up. That's how God does us. God is never described as being in a hurry in the Bible unto them. You go back through the Old Testament, you, you, you won't see God in a hurry. He show up, they say he ain't never late. They, we heard the song, he's an on-time God. But in the Old Testament, he's described as a healer. He's described as a deliverer. He, look, look, he's a way maker. Never as one running. He running. And I want us to know today that he will always run to you. The question is, 
God, or should I say God is always portrayed in the Bible as being cool and composed when you see him in the Old Testament. The only time he's portrayed as being in a hurry is in this story. The question is, where is he running to and why is he in such a hurry? Where is God running to and why is he in a hurry? What, what is it that could possibly make God get up and move? What is it that can make God leave his throne in heaven and come down here to earth? Who is that important? That God will, will, will give up everything to come here. I can hear the scripture say, what is man? <laughs> well, well, uh, Chris, who are you that God would move for you? Who are you that God will stop time, understand, to bring you in? I'm reminded of the man on the cross who was dying. Who, who is God? Who is this that will stop a person from dying to bring him in? Who, who, who is this person that will stop a funeral procession when you see the mother crying? and raise her son from the dead? Who is this man who, who, who would what? Raise Jadarius' daughter. Heal a blind man on the side. Understand, this is God running to us. Well, let me answer the question. The father, God is in a hurry because he had seen his son who was still a long way off from home. When God sees you making an effort, I said making, Make it up. I understand you, you, you ain't got to be right. You, you, you just got to have a desire to be right. When, when you have that desire, God moves with compassion because he sees what nobody else can see. And the thing is, he, 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 he couldn't wait to embrace his child. In, 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 in the story, the, 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 the father couldn't wait to embrace his son, but not only did he want to embrace him, he wants to kiss him. Understand, when, when somebody wants to run, when somebody's running to embrace you and kiss you, that should tell you something, I miss you. I had seen you in a long time. Understand, whatever had happened, it had separated. But the love of God was able to overcome. I was reading in the scriptures where, the, and as I deal with the people on the job, they said, well, uh, Pastor Apostle, forget. I said, well, in the scripture, God has never said forget, but forgive. We miss it. It, it, it don't say forget, but it says forgive because over time, your forgiveness will allow you to relove the person that hurts you. You won't have no forgiveness erases bitterness. You don't forget because when God erases the bitterness, then you'll be like God. You can look beyond a, fault, a person's fault and see a need. Much as man had done to God, God had never forgot what he had forgave. When we was yet in sin, the word of God said he died for us. And bringing it 
almost to a close, I want to let you know he was in a hurry to clothe his son with the best robe. Why robe? Reestating him as his son. Understand, he had lost it. Understand, that's something that we lost in the beginning. But what we see, what God is showing here, he wants to reinstate us back to our original position. We see that he was in a hurry to put a ring on his finger, giving him authority again in his name. I want to let you know that in the beginning when man fell, he, 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 now, he lost his authority. Man had dominion. God has given you authority to speak the word, understand no sickness, understand no weapon formed against you shall prosper. Understand sickness can't prevail over you. There is power in the name of Jesus. I, this morning, I, when we leave, I want you to understand the authority that's been given back to you. The authority that you have, if you can only believe. He was in a hurry to put sandals on his feet again to assure him that he was still his son because only servants went about barefooted. Understand when this prodigal son left, understand he left everything. His robe was gone, his ring was gone, his sandals were gone. He found himself in a home pen. He found himself in a service position. But I want to let you know today, you were never created to be a servant. You are a child of God. You are one that worship God. You're the one that praise God. You're the one that uplift God. This is what happens. It's important that you should know who you are, but more important, whose you are. The devil never wants us to come into the reality of who we truly is. Or who I truly am and who you are. You are a child of God. Just like the prodigal son, when we repent and turn back to God, our Heavenly Father... He is there to restore us, for he gives us the best robe. Our Heavenly Father has given us the robe of righteousness in Christ Jesus. He clothes us in righteousness. Understand, unless God build the house, everyone who labor labels in vain. God must be the one that does it. You don't know what the right clothes to put on to go before him. He provides it. He told Moses, take your shoes off. For the place you stand is holy ground. To come before him, God will dress you. And giving him this robe of righteousness, he reinstated him or reinstates us as the children of the Most High. A position that we had lost when Adam fell in the garden. We have always been the apple of God's eye. Always. I want you to know that the predicament that we're in has to deal with fallen angels. Angels who were jealous of us. 
when you search the Bible, when it tells you about the angels of God saw the daughters of men and women, understand they, they, they wanted their own children. They, they, wanted, they did what they wanted to do. And in the book of Peter, it tells you they left their first estate. They came down and, 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 and understand and deceived us. The sin that we're in today, the things that we're better, all deal with fallen angels. And they don't want you or me to understand the position that God has given us. Yes, we're made a little lower than them, but understand we've been given something that they can never have. And we can sing a song that they cannot sing. We can all sing, I've been redeemed. From the beginning, we was created to be like him. He has put a ring on our finger, giving us the authority to invoke his name again so that we can walk in dominion every day. Not just some days, but every day. As it's stated in the scripture, in the name of Jesus, how the apostle said, rise up and walk. In the name of Jesus, then, then, then you got to put it in what that you believe that God will give you. Understand, you have to believe it. Don't ask it. Don't say it if you don't believe God is able to do it. We have been given that authority again. It has been restored to us. Why is a ring so important? Like a rich man gives his son a ring when the wrist when the son has the ring when he walks in everybody else know that's the that's the rich man's son and, and whatever the rich man's son says they got to do it because he's in authority the signet of the ring shows his authority it ain't about him it's about what he's wearing and god has given us his spirit we walk around with the holy spirit the devil ain't afraid of us. He's afraid of the Spirit of God. Because God has given us power, he's upset about it. The power God has given us, he desired for himself, but it was never for him. It was for what God created, what God made with his own hand. What God breathed in. You don't see no angels having the breath of God. Only that which have the breath of God can speak. When God gives it authority to speak. Adam had total dominion. He named everything in the garden. And it was so. And he put shoes on our feet. Because our Heavenly Father never want us to feel like hired servants or outcasts, but his children. You ain't no hired servant, and you ain't no outcast. You part of God's family. That ought to mean something to you. Today, it means something to be part of something bigger, greater. This 
is where it is. This is what people need to hear about. Understand, you don't have to have low self-esteem. Understand, your father is up in heaven. All you got to do is ask him. All you got to do is seek his face. All you got to do is go to him. You can talk to him anytime, anywhere. It doesn't matter the circumstance. Sin cannot separate you from God. He loves you more than you would ever know. Today I stand to let you know, to encourage you, to embrace your father back. It's all been about the relationship, people. Not based on religion or being religious. It's important that you have a personal relationship with God. Don't allow us ministers to be the only one to have a relationship with him. Don't allow the choir members to be the only one that have a relationship with him. You have every right to have a relationship with God just as everyone else. But you have to make yourself available. You have to ask God. He gives you one mouth and two ears. Guess what? When you ask him, you need to listen twice as much. When, when, when you speak to God, understand it's important that you wait on an answer. God will answer you. The devil will tell you that God hasn't heard you. That God isn't going to answer you. Let me share something with you, then I'll go to my seat. I want to let everybody know that the devil is not in hell, but up in the heavens. He's the prince of the air. In the word of God, only in Revelation when he's cast down do we will find, understand, in the book of Daniel, Daniel was praying. And he thought his prayer went out. So by the time Gabriel got there, he had to let him know that, that, that the prince of Persia withheld him. He said, when you first said to pray, I was on my way, but, but they, they, they withstood me. I had to call Michael to help me come to get to you. Now I'm going back to fight. Every time you pray, the devil wants to intercede because God dispatches an angel, a messenger, to come and help you. But what has happened, before he can get to you, there's always another angel to prevent him from delivering your message. We say, weeping may endure for the night, but joy comes in the morning. Understand, if you can just hold on, help is on the way. If, if you can just hold out, while you're going through that, 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 that dark period in your life, God is answering your prayer. There may be some cloudy days, but I want to let you know, sunshine is approaching. The important part is that we don't give up. The important part is that we don't throw in the towel. The important part is that we don't give up. As I heard my pastor speak to the young men, Maybe you was in a game and it appeared that you wasn't going to win. But y'all kept fighting. You kept trying. And by the grace of God, somebody broke free. Touchdown.
you won the game. You never lost faith. You never gave up. It happened, and it will continue to happen because you believe in something bigger than yourself. You believed in each other that everybody would do the part. All it takes is somebody to believe that God will do exactly what he said. Which will allow you to stand up tall, chest out, head up high. You are dignified. You are royal priesthood. You are who God said you are. So know this. That if our heavenly father is in a hurry, it is only because he loves you and wants to assure you that you are his precious child. Right now, I want to take the time and open the doors of the church. If God is in a hurry to meet you, you ought to come right now. I guarantee you, before you get up, he already down. He's just that quick. He's just that fast. The day God ran, God is running right now. Somebody is turning. There are people that are turning to God every day. God is running. He's running here and there. He's on the move. This may be your Galilee. Come on. Will there be one? The day God ran. You tell somebody. God is in the running business. Running to get his children back. Running to love on his children. Ain't nothing like seeing a child come back home. Ain't nothing like embracing them and loving on them. Maybe you never miss nobody. Maybe you ain't never been away from somebody so long, but, but when it's somebody who you truly love and you see them, Tears well up. Nobody ain't bothering you. This is the goodness. Come on. Don't sit there. Jesus, the little of the valley. Jesus, the bright and morning star. Jesus, the rose of Sharon. Jesus, the great I am. Where you go? Oh, he loves you. He cares for you. Jesus. Hallelujah. Born in Bethlehem, dead and buried, tried and corpse, uncrucified, dead and buried, but he didn't stay there. All on the third day morning, he got up with all power in his hand, declared, "I'm he that was dead, but behold, I'm alive forevermore." Jesus, Jesus, Jesus is his name. God ran. Where was you? Where was you when God ran to you? Where was you? 
Were you drinking? Were you smoking? What sin were you in when God ran to you? When God picked you up and turned you around? Where was you when he came into your life? Glory. Glory. The day God ran. 